The word anti-vax has been around for almost as long as the word vaccine. Apparently it was first mentioned in a letter by Edward Jenner in the early 1800s when he wrote it as anti-vax, spelt V-A-C-K-S. It is usually used in a derogatory sense, but if you know the truth about vaccines, then the term should be embraced. In fact, we made a video appearance at the recent Free Media Summit in Australia, and for our introduction, Dr. Graham Lyons, research fellow at the University of Adelaide, stated, We are proud to bring you two global superstars of natural health, Drs. Samantha and Mark Bailey from Christchurch. Like me, they wear the anti-vaxxer label as a badge of honour. The question we have for many people is, are you sure you should be supporting vaccines? Let's take a look at some of the historical aspects of this topic and how the no-virus, no-pathogen group of anti-vaxxers have taken the scientific arguments upstream to the source of the entire fraud. Earlier this month, the Daily Mail ran a story about Dr. Anne McCloskey with the headline, GP with unblemished 40-year career gets six-month suspension for vitriolic anti-vax comments. It was reported that a medical practitioner's tribunal service hearing held late last month heard how, in a video on August 21, 2021, she claimed the dangers of the pandemic had been invented and promoted to the public. This whole hype has largely been a figment of the media and the government and their lying scientific advisers' deceptions, she said. In another, she claimed, COVID vaccines weren't being used to protect people's health, but instead harm them. In other words, she told the truth. But because she discouraged a vaccine, the medical establishment came after her. In a fantastic non-sequitur, the Medical Practitioners Tribunal said, quote, there was clear evidence that Dr. McCloskey's actions had the potential to undermine public confidence in the medical profession, and that by doing this, there was a risk to public health and safety. Notice the ethereal concepts of potential and public health. They produced zero evidence that she harmed anyone. The medical institutions are the ones harming the public, and it is the duty of all of us to call them out. If that means undermining public confidence in other doctors, then that's what we need to do. The Daily Mail article made a half-hearted effort to convince people that the pointless and dangerous COVID shots saved almost 20 million lives in the first year rollout with this slapdash chart. And who came up with these figures? It was those academics at Imperial College London. Straight to the methods section of the publication, and it states... For this mathematical modelling study, we used a previously published COVID-19 transmission model and fitting framework to obtain profiles of the COVID-19 pandemic in each country and thus estimate the counterfactual scenario in which vaccines are not delivered. And frankly, it sounds made up. In other words, even for those who believe in viruses, they can see that this is a work of contrived modelling fiction. And as a final point, who supported the paper? The funders included the WHO, 
Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Welcome to the world of vaccine mythology, where the products kill people and are promoted as life-saving by the vested interests. What was encouraging was that the vast majority of comments under the Daily Mail article were in support of Dr. McCloskey. Keep in mind, this is a mainstream publication, but the readers are right behind her and not worried that she made anti-vax comments. Our observation is that this is a result of the COVID-19 fraud. Many people who were neutral or going along with vaccines have looked into this topic and are now turning against the concept. Unfortunately for some, the wake-up happened when they or a loved one were injured following a COVID-19 injection. However, we are still meeting people who have been unwell and are not connecting the dots that the shots they eagerly took have harmed them. Instead, they are being gulled into believing that the fictional particle SARS-CoV-2 is now causing fictional entities such as COVID rebound or long COVID. Anything to keep them buying into a false paradigm. And this is why exposing the source of the virological and germ theory fraud is where we focus our energy, as it will bring down the entire fraud, including the vaccine aspect. Mark and I are currently in the final stages of writing a new book, which we plan to publish in the next few months. Recently, we were researching aspects of vaccines, and Mark exclaimed that almost everywhere you look, the level of propaganda and gaslighting is so intense that it is hardly surprising most people are still taking them. From fraudulent historical claims about Louis Pasteur's work, to bogus statistics, to sensationalised anecdotal stories about an unvaccinated child that became ill. Anyone looking at material from governments, mainstream media or doctors in the medico-pharmaceutical industry would think that accepting vaccines is a no-brainer. In my video, Death Shot Doctors Stand Down, I covered the 6,700 or so doctors in New Zealand that endorsed the COVID injections in 2021. The mainstream media attempted to pass this off to the public as evidence that the jabs were safe and effective. However, you can safely say that most of these doctors know almost nothing about any vaccines, including the COVID shots. How do I know? Well, I was once a doctor in the system and experienced firsthand the program of indoctrination they are subjected to. Their education consisted of learning the childhood vaccination schedule, possibly some travel vaccinations, and then some pointers on how to deal with anti-vaxxers. They do not learn anything important, such as the exact contents of the vials or the nature of the farcical clinical trials that result in approval of a vaccine. In short, along with the pharmaceutical companies that make the products, they are among the worst people in the world to get advice from. And we haven't even got to the foundational problems of germ theory and, quote, immunity, concepts that have also been hammered into their minds. Most doctors and their overseers are outraged when confronted with the fact that they know almost nothing about vaccines. In 2013, Australian researcher and head of the Australian Vaccination Network, Greg Beatty, made a direct hit when he announced, If you read one good book on vaccinations, you'll probably know 10 times more than your average GP. Australian Medical Association Chief Dr Steve Hambleton expressed outrage that the AVN was running down the skills of doctors, each of whom has spent a decade in training. 
Yes, you can spend a decade in training at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, but it's a sharp wake up when you find out that it's a world of fiction. I'm gonna kill him. One way to analyze the evidence of vaccines is on the establishment's own terms. That is, accepting premises such as pathogens and the immune system, and then looking at the official figures of morbidity and mortality for various diseases. One of these standout examples is the book Dissolving Illusions, first published in 2013. Now, don't get me wrong, you can watch my recent interview with co-author Roman Bistrianic, who is well aware of the problems of disease classification, and increasingly with germ theory. However, the book is able to completely refute the notion that vaccines had any significant role in preventing illness or death. For people who are new to this, I encourage them to read the book, or at least view the various charts on the Dissolving Illusions website. Here you can see, for example, that whether it concerns smallpox, whooping cough, or measles, vaccines are not the reason for the vast improvements we have seen. By the way, Greg Beatty has also produced historical vaccine charts, including those specific to Australia. I'll put the link for this information in the description. Now, despite these charts being produced from official figures and being accurate, vaccine defenders have attempted to argue that they are disingenuous. If you want to read a more detailed account of how they do this, then I would recommend the recent Winter Oak Post, Vaccine Evangelists, Apostates and Apologists, Part 5, The Apologists, by Jordan Henderson. The piece deconstructs several articles by vaccine apologist Dr. David Gorski, who runs a website inappropriately called Science-Based Medicine. Henderson outlines how Gorski conflates vaccines didn't save us with vaccines don't work. Greg Beatty wrote about this tactic in 2011, noting, quote, these people tend to argue one thing, that this data cannot be used to assess vaccine performance, and they are correct. These graphs do not make any attempt whatsoever to measure the performance of a vaccine. They simply put things into historical perspective for us. This perspective illustrates that vaccines were unimportant influences in the bigger picture, that they arrived too late to be considered potential contributors of any significance. Greg Beatty, Fooling Ourselves 2011. At Science-Based Medicine, Gorski produced another smokescreen when he claimed, no one ever said that vaccination did account for the impressive declines in mortality seen in the first half of the 20th century. Henderson easily quashes this claim and wrote, I documented four different instances of Paul Offit claiming that vaccines have added 30 years to our lifespan. I shared an interview with Reno Rapoli in which he reminds the audience that before vaccines, we lived 47 years and that if we stop vaccinating, we will return to living 47 years rather than the 85 current average at the time of the interview. These are cut and dry examples of vaccinationists saying exactly what Gorski is asserting that no one is saying. And Paul Offit and Reno Rapoli aren't just any vaccinationists. They are some of the most prominent vaccine developers and evangelists in the world. The world in the stranglehold of corona. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. The streets are deserted. The global economy is on its knees. Never before has humanity had to develop a vaccine against a deadly disease as quickly as today. Lifetime achievement goes to 
Dottorino Rapoli. In 2017, the European Patent Office honored a man for his life's work who now, in the year 2020, could save many lives. Henderson also examines the highly selective charts that the vaccine promoters may display. For example, this is a chart from the situation of whooping cough in Spain 1998 to 2016 by the National Epidemiology Centre. They make no mention in that document that most of the whooping cough mortality decline occurred before the vaccine was added to the schedule in 1965, and they give no explanation for why they started their graph in 1965. Henderson's chart shows the official whooping cough mortality figures for Spain going back to the year 1900, so we can see exactly what they are hiding from the public. Next on the chopping block is the fake graphs, and Henderson finds a classic from Dr Ian York, now team leader for the Molecular Virology and Vaccines team in the CDC's Influenza Division. Interestingly, Dr. York removed the post earlier this year, but it can still be found on the web archive. York produced this graph and tried to argue that, quote, measles deaths were constant for over 100 years until the vaccine was introduced. But as Henderson explains, the 1937 data point was a complete fabrication at 450. And because the official records from England and Wales indicate the figure was actually 25.6, meaning the graph should look like this. In any case, the graph ends around 30 years before the introduction of the vaccine. Once again, the charts from Dissolving Illusions show what really happened. For a deeper dive into the vaccine conflict and how to address vaccine promoters, please take a look at Jordan Henderson's series over at the Winter Oak website. Suffice to say, there is ample evidence that vaccines are not a quote, great public health achievement, as claimed by agencies such as the CDC. I think it is fair to say that 2020 saw a surge in a new wave of anti-vaxxers. The COVID-19 situation was the precipitant for some of us to start questioning medical science in a whole new way. By the time the COVID injections were ready to roll out in late 2020, we had discovered that not only did SARS-CoV-2 not exist, as claimed, but that the entire virus model could be dismantled and refuted. As the investigations went deeper, it was apparent that germ theory itself was fraudulent and microbes were not pathogenic. Next to go was the establishment's concept of the immune system, essentially an offshoot of germ theory. At this point, any residual belief that any vaccines could be of benefit to anyone evaporated. It was a realization that we have been subjected to over a century of bogus models that are designed to benefit vested interests, such as the medico-pharmaceutical industry. In many ways, it is a return to the understandings that Bichamp, Levison, Crichton, Williams and others had about health. They are smeared by the establishment as cranks, of course, to discourage people from reading what they actually wrote. When the Medical Council of New Zealand made their bungled attempt to gag my speech in 2020, they alleged I was a danger to the public as I encouraged people to do their own research. Well, once again, I encourage you to look into these matters yourself because the public health authorities are deceiving you, whether the various individuals involved realise it or not. As many of you are aware, the Virus Mania team has written to many of the so-called top medical institutions in the world, asking them for one study demonstrating that the vaccinated have better health outcomes than the unvaccinated. 
If we get a response, it is typically along the lines of, the information you have requested is readily available through online databases, such as PubMed. We respond that we have spent a great deal of time searching PubMed, but did not find the information. Could you please just send us one scientific study? No responses to date. When you have the overview of the pivotal upstream problems of virus existence and the inability of bacteria to initiate disease in a healthy subject, you can see why vaccines cannot possibly enhance health. It is also unnecessary to look at studies involving aspects such as antibodies, which are falsely claimed to offer quote protection. All they are left with are bogus modelling papers from the likes of the Imperial College and highly disingenuous data manipulation. For example, our research exposed the CDC doing this with the tetanus vaccine in my video, Do I Need a Tetanus Shot? And then there is the issue of allopathic classification of disease, which can be changed to alter case numbers depending on factors such as vaccination rates. We have outlined this with polio, and Katie Sugak exposes this type of deception in her excellent video, The Truth About Smallpox. everyone in history going against vaccines has been on the right track. Now the ranks are being bolstered by those of us dismantling every aspect of virology and germ theory. Are we anti-vaxxers? If that means avoiding all vaccines for ourselves and our loved ones, of course we are. If this type of information is new for you, then please visit drsambailey.com where there are hundreds of videos, interviews and articles covering the topics mentioned here and many more. If you enjoyed this video, please visit supportdrsam.com 